Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Happy Wednesday, man. Happy Wednesday. Plugging right along, one day at a time. That's exactly right. Matthew chapter 14, still where we are. <laughs> it's no a small nice, talk today, huh? It's a nice long chapter, uh, major events happening in the chapter. Of course, we've seen so far uh, Matthew's, really it's kind of a literary flashback to talk about what happened to John the Baptist. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he died, and we need to know that because Herod is afraid. Jesus is John raised up from the dead. And uh, that he's going to get his comeuppance for killing John. A little, a little bit of God vengeance coming his way. He's afraid of Jesus. Then performing one of the miracles that is recorded in all of the Gospels, his feeding of the five thousands, besides women and children. The signs continue on now. Well, now we find the one that a lot of people use as kind of the standard. We're going to talk about the walking on the water. You know, when oh. people want to point out that you're not all that, they're like, "Well, it's not like you can walk on water." Yeah. But here's yeah. Jesus, and that's exactly what he can do. <laughs> he can walk on water. This <laughs> so, isn't amazing. This is well, they're all amazing. But well, yeah, of course, you're right. The standard. Fourteen verses twenty-two through twenty-seven, and I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid." This is the second time in this chapter where Matthew tells us that Jesus has gone out to be alone, yeah, has sought some time alone. Um, earlier, it seems to be his response to the message about John and what happened to John, uh, that Jesus had gone to a deserted place by himself, but multitudes came to him and they found him. Now, as he has done uh, feeding the multitude, teaching the multitude, he's trying to send everybody away, and he even sends his disciples away without him because he wants to pray. He wants to pray. He, I think he's still wanting to process the whole deal with John. He didn't get to. He went yeah. to be alone. He went off to a desolate place, but the people came to him, pressing in on him, bringing their problems and their issues. And Jesus, in a marvelous display of love and sympathy and compassion, rather than saying to them, guys, don't you know what I've just been through? Mm-hmm. You know, my cousin, my forerunner, my friend has died. Yeah. And, and I yeah. need some time. Rather than that, he spends time teaching them, and then he goes through this sign of feeding them, but he still gets to that point of, okay, it is now time for you all to go on your way, and I'm going to have my alone time with God processing and praying and dealing with the grief. Right. Some really powerful lessons that we can get from that. Number one, about the balance of service and sacrifice and healthy mm-hmm. boundaries. Mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. does maintain healthy boundaries while at the same time bearing the burdens of others, though he has his own. Yeah. It's a powerful picture. It is a powerful picture. I just wanted to, to I guess, observe that, yeah. that uh, sometimes we got to take a look at ourselves, and it's okay, in fact, necessary, yes. to carve out some time to be alone with God, to pray, to uh, nurture and, and feed the soul. And... 
okay, thank you for bringing that up. He, when he wanted his time alone, it wasn't just, you know, I'm going to spend some time listening to music. It wasn't just, you know, I'm going to go fishing. Not, not that there's anything wrong with those kinds of self-care no. options and having some rest and relaxation. But for Jesus, when he was at this point of grief, when he was at this point of needing to process, when he was in danger of burning out, how did he spend his time for rejuvenation? He spent it in prayer. It's, it's mm-hmm. time to go be with God. Uh, I think that's also a great example that we need to recognize. I'm surprised, too, that the disciples—I mean, I guess I shouldn't be, but I, I am just a little surprised, too, that the disciples are willing to depart without him. I mean, we've had this miracle. We've got baskets of leftovers food, and he's like, you guys go without me. Well, I thought the idea was we didn't go anywhere without you. Mm, yeah, <laughs> we just follow you where you go. Follow you wherever you go. Interesting. Uh, but, I've never but, thought about that. But they do uh, They do uh, obey. They're the they're the fishermen. They're the seafaring fellows. And so they get in the boat and they travel across. And it doesn't seem that they question, well, how are you going to catch up with us? No, they don't. You know, perhaps their thought was, well, we're heading back home. We'll come back and get him tomorrow. He's, yeah. he's Maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know exactly how Jesus convinced them, but they do get out there and uh, it becomes a squall, a bit of a storm. Again. Uh, something Something's <laughs> going on. And they're not able. I mean, this is not, this trip shouldn't take them into the middle of the night. No. But because of the wind and the waves, they're struggling and they're having a hard time getting across. So that when Jesus is done with his prayer time and his grieving and his processing, at least for that evening, he's decided that he's going to come mm-hmm. meet them. Meet them. They're still out on the scene. Of course, he knows that. This is obviously a setup manufactured by God in the flesh, yes. who, who knows how to make all these things happen. And so now he's going to come and he's going to and it's reveal it's- himself. It says it's in verse 25, it says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. You're right. It's just an expression for us walking on water. But can that just hit us for a moment? Can we allow the weight of that, you know, for just a moment? He did what? Now, he calmed a storm before. He can talk to the weather and the weather obeys. But, I mean, he was in the boat when that happened before we read that in Matthew. Now he's literally walking to them and walking in the midst of a storm and and late at night. And, and what did the people say or what did the disciples say? It is a ghost and they're crying for fear. Yeah. What a harrowing night. It's bad enough that there's a storm. Now there's ghosts coming to get us in the middle of the, middle of the lake. Well, the last time we were in the storm, Jesus was in the boat with us. And we, we, he's, he's still back on the shore as far as we in the boat are concerned. And so, yeah, there's, there's some fear going on. I don't believe this is a demonstration that spirits walk the earth, that there are ghosts. I think we've got people who, just like folks today, something is happening that they can't explain, and now they're grasping at straws to figure out what is going on. And this, sure. is, this is the one they land on. I'll tell you the one they don't land on, though, mm-hmm. is, oh, I bet that's Jesus walking on the water. No, they don't think that. What, whatever, whatever things that are crossing their mind is they're grasping at straws, trying to figure out what all has happened here. They don't actually hit on the right story, the right explanation, and that is, this is Jesus. And so Jesus says to them, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's me. It's it I, I. You know, I'm, I'm the one. 
And here's Jesus walking on water. So, Edwin, how does this stack up to some of the great water crossings we've seen (laughs) in the Bible up till now? Wow, that is a great question. I think we're seeing something similar that we pointed out yesterday. When we saw the feeding of the 5,000, we recognized, oh, that actually calls to mind some of these great ancient accounts like Elijah and Elisha. And we see that Jesus is greater than Elijah and Elisha. Mm Mm-hmm. Here, as Jesus crosses the water, as if he is walking on dry land, it really should bring to our mind uh, this question that you've asked, what about other crossings, and how did that work? Well, I remember perhaps the biggest, Moses and the children of Israel. Back in Exodus chapter 14, when when it looks like there's, there's no victory in sight, God parts the waters of the Red Sea, and Moses and Israel walk through on dry ground. So, so we have that. Moses was told to raise up the rod. And so, I mean, when you're making this connection, just like when we were thinking back to Elijah and what that means, particularly to the minds of this first audience, uh, the great prophet, now we're talking about Moses, a prophet for sure, but also the great lawgiver. The great lawgiver. And we recognize that Moses and Elijah were considered as representatives of the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that leads to the next great story of crossing, and that's what in Joshua chapter 3, three. when Israel crosses the Jordan, and yeah. the water is stopped there, and Israel is able to cross through under the lead of Joshua and the priests who have stepped into the water as they're carrying the, the Ark of the Covenant. That's and right. they're all able to walk through on dry ground. Yeah, the river backs up. Um, it's interesting, too, that when Joshua had sent spies ahead of the people to Jericho, um, Rahab told them how all of us had heard how your God had parted the Red Sea and Israel crossed over. And what's remarkable about that is in the days of Joshua and those spies, that was 40 years after the fact, four decades after that miracle had occurred. They still remembered. They remembered. They talked about it and they knew, oh no, this is that same group of people. Here they are just on the other side of the Jordan River from us in Jericho. Now we've mentioned Elijah and Elisha yesterday in the story of the uh, multiplying the food. Right. But we also have another one of these water crossing moments with Elijah and Elisha. As Elijah is about to be taken into heaven, Elisha is following him around. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, though Elijah keeps telling Elisha, look, stay here, stay here. Mm-hmm. Elisha's like, mm-hmm. nope, nope. I'm not leaving you. I'm following you. They get to the Jordan. Elijah rolls up his cloak, strikes the water. The water parts so that they can walk through to the other side. And he requested from Elisha, what would you request of God? And Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah says to him, well, if you see me taken, you know your request is granted. When Elijah is taken, his cloak, his mantle falls down to Elisha. Elisha comes back to the Jordan, rolls it up, strikes the water, it parts, and he walks through on dry ground. And so we know he has this greater portion of the spirit of Elijah. I imagine... What you're thinking, what everybody may be listening to us talk is thinking, well, yeah, but Edwin, that's very different. Jesus didn't part the water. Our, what, what, what's the point here? This is not the same miracle. Yeah, he doesn't part the Sea of Galilee. And my point is, that's actually pretty profound. 
Because for all of these other prophets, if they wanted to cross water on dry ground, there had to be a miracle to part the water Mm -hmm. and allow ground to appear. Though, of course, ground that has been covered by water for, you know, thousands of years has to dry out somehow. It shouldn't be dry. It is a miracle. So, So definitely the miracle going on there. But what we have with Jesus is he doesn't have to part the water. He's able to walk on water as if it is dry ground. We don't have to have a parting of the water. What's the point? The point, once again, is, well, we've got a greater than the temple here. We've got greater than Jonah. We've got greater than Solomon. We've got greater than Elijah. We've got greater than Elisha. We now have greater than Moses and Joshua. Mm -hmm. Those, Those folks all had to have a miracle that parted the waters and dried out the ground for them to cross, and Jesus, he can cross the water without that. He can just walk on, on the water. water. <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. I, so again, the point that is being driven home is Jesus is someone that you have to deal with. You have to explain who is this guy. Yeah. Herod said, resurrected John. The Pharisees said, demon-possessed man. Matthew is highlighting, you know, this sounds a lot like prophets. Mm-hmm. This sounds a lot like kings of Israel. This sounds a lot like God's chosen people throughout all these stories of the Bible. But look, it doesn't just sound like that. It actually sounds like a step up from that. It's it the sounds next like, level. Yeah, it is the next level. Huh. I wonder who that could be. Yeah. Can anybody say Messiah? Mm-hmm. Can the anybody, Son of God. <laughs> the Son of God? The Christ? That is the point that Matthew is driving home. A greater than Moses and Joshua a greater than Elijah and Elisha, is here, and that's Jesus. Recognizing he is the Son of God, and that brings us cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. Mm. So glad that you join us for Text Talk today. Send us an email. Let us know what you're uh, reading in the Bible. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. We'd love to hear from you. And today we're going to have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can spend some time looking at it, this amazing miracle. Father, when we think about uh, how frightening it would be to be the disciples in the boat, tossed by the winds and waves, and who of all people should appear but Jesus walking on the water. Uh, This is incredible, incredible evidence and testimony to his true identity greater than Moses who parted water, greater than Joshua and the Levites that parted water, greater than Elijah and Elisha parting water. It is Jesus Christ who walked on water. May we, Father, be assured that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and in knowing him we have cheer and joy. We need not be afraid. No matter what's going on in our lives, we take comfort and courage today in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.